If you have your Bibles, we're going to jump into this. I want you to turn to Psalm 103, and then I want you to turn to Psalm 91. Just take a left turn there, and we're going to hit Psalm 91. And you can just kind of like, we'll toggle back and forth between those two areas. And then we're going to end in Joshua, the 14th chapter. But you don't have to turn to that right now. But we're going to jump into this thing. For the next few Sundays, I'm going to jump back into the... A stronger together. That's been our theme for uh, this year. And uh, thank you guys so much for just wearing the t-shirt hashtag and just doing everything you can to make sure that this theme that we are believing for and this uh, season that we're in, that, that you are just making it happen. And I appreciate you doing that. And I just felt like that for the next three weeks that we're going to just lean back into stronger together. So you just lean in with us and let's see what God is going to do. And again, as I mentioned, today's Grandparents Day, and uh, this is day is for you. This sermon is going to be focused on you, and uh, we love and appreciate. So I know I had us clap while I go, but if you're a grandparent, I want you to stand to your feet. Just stand to your feet. If you a grandma, a, a grandpa, a great-grandma, look at all the grandparents here. Oh, we love you. We love. Come on, put your hands together, everybody else, for all of our grandparents today. We honor you for real. We honor you for real. You may take your seat. And uh, we are going to just, again, just honor you throughout this day the best we can. This is the first, this is the second year that we've honored grandparents. It's obviously been a holiday for many years and we've just never, historically, we've never really done anything as a church and uh, I think we're on to something because look at all of those grandparents that stood up today. I read this, a little boy once asked a woman in a wheelchair in a nursing home. He was visiting her and he goes, he, he asked how old she was, like how old are you? And she smiled, she goes 39 and holding. And he looked at her and said, well, how old would you be if you let go? <laughs> I love that. That was a great, great joke. <laughs> Psalm 103. I want to read the first three verses and where we're going to jump into this thing. It says this, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. And here are the benefits because it's got that colon there. The benefits are this. Who forgives all your iniquities and who heals all our, your diseases. Psalm 91, 16, one verse says, With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. I want to talk to you on this Stronger Together theme, but I'm going to subtitle it Stronger Longer. Stronger Longer. Everybody say this. Say, I will be stronger longer. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, I will be stronger longer. Let's pray over this word. Father, thank you so much. I'm just having such a good time today. I'm just thankful to be in your presence with your people today. Now, Holy Spirit, we know how... We do this, and I realize that, and I'm insignificant without you. And I thank you, Father, that you're going to just touch me as I just share my heart, as I encourage people today through your word. I, it's not my words, it's yours. Help us today. In Jesus' name, everybody said, 
Amen. Stronger, longer. One of the things that's been on my mind lately, and I've just turned 50 years old. It's still hard to say. I try to I say 50 just to try to make it feel better. But but I'm you know so but one of the things that's been on my heart is is found in one word longevity. Longevity, which means vitality and durability and endurance. And if you're under the age of 40, just, hey, just go with me today. You're going to be here. And all you 40-year-olds, 40-something-year-olds are looking at me. It's like, look, I can't believe Pastor Kelly is 50. It's coming. It's coming. Just wait. And I'm going to be laughing at you like you laugh at me. I know you're talking behind my back. I know you've been saying, like, oh, I can't believe Pastor Kelly is 50 years old. Well, it's, it's coming. I'm going to be celebrating your birthday with you, too. Fitty. But longevity is something that's been on my mind. Uh, we, the family, we went uh, to the beach a few, a few weeks ago, about a month and a half ago, or maybe six weeks ago, I don't know. And uh, we were there, and we were planning on spending the whole week there. The first day we go to the beach, you know, we do the whole setup, and we got the little pop-up tent. We know how to beach. The Jameses like beaching, and we know how to do it. So I'm popping up the tent. Luke happened to make that trip with us, and the girls were there. Of course, Holly was there. And, and so I set up. We set up everything, get the beach chairs out, pop up the tent, have all of the stuff there and all of the beach games that, that, that you take with you. And, man, I'm just looking forward to having some fun at the beach. And, and it was going to be a lot more fun because I had another guy there. Yes, Jesus. And uh, because, you know, you can do beach stuff when there's a guy there. You could, you know, throw football, you, you know, all these things. And so, so we set up and we're playing some stuff. And then, and then we decided to throw the football. And, and, and Luke is the quarterback. And I thought we're in good hands with him. And then, then Kaylee is the receiver, the wide receiver, and, and I'm the cornerback. I'm, the, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm sticking her. If it, I'm just talking football for a moment. And so I'm like, all right, let's go. And so we're just going to run some like, drills and just, and, and so then, and so we said, said hut, and then Kaylee like does this thing and she loses me, for real loses me. And she like, I'm like, whoa. Now she didn't catch the ball, of course, but, you know, but it's like, <laughs> cheerleader, you know, it was. It was, it was, you know, I, she wasn't going to catch the ball. But I was like, okay, we on to something. Now I switch. All right, now I'm the receiver. And you're the cornerback. Daddy, what's the cornerback? Just, just stick me. Just, stick, just try to stay with me. Try to keep me from catching the ball. All right, so, so we do the same thing. Hut, and I take off, just sprint, and three steps in, I feel this pop in my cap. Yeah, it scared me, y'all. And I just stopped. It was like something horribly had wrong, has gone wrong. And so I, I have this pain that hits me. And, of course, everybody's trying to get me back. I can't walk. And I'm just like in, in pain. And, uh, and so day one of the beach, my calf, tear a muscle in my calf. And so I'm sitting around doing nothing, and I'm so frustrated. I, I even go that night, I, I do, a, uh, do a call with my doctor, and says, so there's not much you can do, just kind of the rest of it, I sit, just do all that stuff. And so I decided to pull up WebMD. If the devil's in anything, he's in WebMD, I'm just telling you. So if you have some ailments... Stay off of Google, man. So, so I pulled up, tore, you know, a torn muscle, and I, I kind of go through. And here's three reasons why you would tear a muscle. And, uh, and so the first reason was if you have, like, shorter 
calves. You have shorter calves, you know, like maybe, I don't know what short, but just, I'm just doing this because I'm just trying to talk my way through it. But shorter calves, it says those are more prone to tear if, if you take off running. And the uh, other reason would be if you're super athletic, like just high intense running. Well, that ain't me. <clears throat> and the third reason is if you're over the age of 40. Now, at this time, I had just turned 50. And it says, and I just, when I got to that line, the third reason was if you're over the age of 40, I just shut my laptop slowly. And I just laid my head back and I'm going, oh God, I cannot believe I'm at this place in my life. It was a moment, y'all. And, and, but, and that got me really thinking about longevity and it got me really thinking about my life because I want to live a life of longevity. I want to run this race to the very last moment that God desires for me to be on this earth. And I, I want to leave my life one day empty, just completely just taking everything, squeezing every ounce of purpose, every ounce of family, every ounce of ministry, every ounce of whatever I desire to do. I want to leave this life empty. And I, I want to make sure that my time here on earth mattered. You know, I, I want to make sure that I'm making a difference. But, but I often wrestle in my mind. And just kind of go with me for a moment. I often wrestle in my mind if people happen to check out sooner than God intends for them to be, to check out. Okay, I, I know when I said check out, you're like, check out of the hotel? No, no, no. check out of life. No longer on the earth. Died. I wonder often if, if people, I, I know God's timing is perfect. I'm not here to argue with that. I'm not trying to say that God makes a mistake, that anything takes him by surprise. Ecclesiastes tells us there's a time under heavens of all things. So there's a time to plant, a time to uproot. There's a time to heal. There's a time to kill. There's a time to tear down. There's a time to build. We understand what that scripture means. And it says there's a time to to be born and there's a time to die. But it says this, that he makes it beautiful in its time. And, and, and if, you've, if you've lost a loved one, let me just encourage you. God will make it beautiful in its time. I know it's hard right now, and I know we've had some recent losses around our church that's impacted not only our, the family and our church, but it's impacted our church. But I just trust the word of God that in its time, God will somehow make it, make it beautiful. And, and, and so I, I struggle with this thought, and I knew that when I said this, it was going to be quiet, because it's some of these things that I believe that we all think about, but we don't ever talk about. And it's one of those things to where I wonder, I wonder, I want to fulfill my life, and I want to make sure that I'm getting every ounce of life, and my life is beautiful, and I want it to be beautiful, but I want to make, it, make sure that I am at the finish line of my life because I believe that he will and he is making everything beautiful in my life. How many people believe that even through it all, God is making things beautiful in your life? I'm, and let me just ask somebody else that even through the pain and the, and the sorrow and the frustration that in the way, because that's the advantage we have as faith people, as Christ followers, that we can know that he will make things beautiful in its time. And then David walks on the scene and he writes Psalm 91. 
And, and if we know what Psalm 91 is, it was real popular during the pandemic around here and everywhere. Psalm 91 was the, was the verse or the, the chapter that we would prop our faith upon. You know, it's like he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And it says this, I'll just skip through it. It says that he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and the deadly pestilence. And, and then it says that he will be our shield and he'll be our buckler and a thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near you. He just writes, all, David writes all this stuff that God is speaking and encouraging us. And it was an encouraging to us to know that we were in the, in the middle of the pandemic. It was something that we could hang on to. It was something we could sink our faith teeth into, so to speak, into where we could know that, listen, we ain't going down like this. We're going to be the people of God, the children of God, and we're going to, to, to use the word of God to help us through this situation. And David is spitting out all of these truth bombs about God. But then the last three verses, and if you don't pay attention, you won't get it. But the last three verses, David is no longer spitting truth bombs about God, but God spits a truth bomb about David. It like happens right there and you have to pay attention. And it says, and we read it, it says that, that he, because he holds fast to me in love is what the word says. This is what God is saying about and to David because he David holds fast to me in love I will deliver him and I will protect him because he knows my name how many people believe there's still power in the name of Jesus he knows my name and when he calls me I will answer him and I will be with him in trouble God is spitting out truth and I will rescue him and I will honor him God says he's going to honor us. And then he says this, with long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. He says with long life, God tells David, he goes, listen, with long life, I'm going to satisfy you. And this message is for our grandparents and our senior adults today. And I just wanted to come in and prop your faith back up that you still have the ability to be stronger longer. That God wants to give you a long life. A long life. And God wants you to be satisfied in your long life. He doesn't, and it's hard as a pastor because I, 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 I always want to be available and help people through struggles and help people through the pain. But I'm just declaring over our church and anybody that's watching today that God is going to take our grandparents, our great grandparents, our senior adults, and I'm declaring that you will be stronger longer in Jesus name, in Jesus name. In Jesus' name. A dear lady in our church, you haven't seen her because she's been in a nursing home. Her name is Sister Cooksey. Sister Cooksey, I remember I would go visit her at, at the nursing home several times, and I loved her so much. I would go, and, and she just has been serving the Lord for so long.
And, and I went to see her and, and she would, um, uh, I'd take her Christmas present and Holly would pack some things up there, like in her little bag and had like random things like candy and, and I think it was a candle. I don't know why we would take a candle and nurse her and burn the place down. But, uh, but she went through all this stuff and she goes, I don't eat that. You can take it back to Holly. And uh, she says, I can't have a candle here, but I'll keep these socks. I'll keep these socks. And she was so, so sweet. And she was, and she would tell me, it says, you know, says, Cooksey, I'm here just to just tell you that Merry Christmas. And I love you. And thank you for just being a part of my life and a part of our church for so long. And she goes, oh, yeah, you know, God's, God's been good. And, and, and she said, okay, before you leave, I need, to, I, need, I need to give you my tithe. And I said, Sister Cooksey, I'm not here to take your tithe. It's Christmas. And she goes, no, 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 this will, this will save me a stamp later. And I, and I started to do this. I said, well, Sister Cooksey, you know you don't even need stamps anymore. She's like, what? And I was like, it don't even matter. It don't even matter. And so she was just a dear, sweet lady. I, I went to her, her birthday on May the 21st of this year. And, and we, we remembered. I walked in. Her birthday is the same as Holly and my anniversary. I walked in. I was like, and I have it on video. I didn't prepare the video. And I, I, I was walking in. I was like, happy birthday, Sister Cooksey. She goes, ah, happy anniversary to you. And it was just, oh, I'm just getting emotional thinking about it. Just a few weeks ago, Sister Cooksey went home to be with the Lord. I helped with her. I helped with her, her funeral. And it was her great-grandson that officiated she lived to be 101 years old. 101 years old. I, I, counted, I counted that she lived 36,976 days, including leap years. <laughs> and, and when I was at her bedside, right after she passed, and I went to the nursing home, met the family, her daughter is by her bed, her daughter's 81 years old. With long life, I will satisfy you. And I believe that God desires that to be the model. And here's the way she passed away. She just didn't wake up. The nurses going in there to try to wake her up says, you know, like you're sleeping late. And she didn't respond. And throughout the day, her breathing just got more shallow and shallow. And she died that afternoon. She just made her decision. I've lived a long life. And God has kept me stronger, longer. And it's time for me to go and be with Jesus. What a celebration that is. What a celebration that is. And, and, and I believe that God desires, and I just want to believe and dream and speak and declare that God desires that for the senior adults of our church and for the grandparents of our church. I know it gets quiet when we say this because here's the thing. We got the fear and we got the collection of why didn't God heal that time? And why did this happen? And we understand that the timing of God sometimes is the most, it is the most mysterious thing of God. 
And it's hard to take our minds and try to place it into the mind of God, to try to, to, to put our head against his head and try to get an understanding. And it's difficult sometimes, but it doesn't take away that the word of God still tells us that with long life, he can satisfy us. And how do we do it? I believe some of the greatest anxieties that senior adults carry, and I know this as I'm, as I'm 50 now, <laughs> I, I want to believe that the greatest anxieties that, that senior adults and grandparents carry is the anxiety of their health, the anxiety of this starting to hurt, the anxiety of more doctor visits, the anxiety of where you used to just have one prescription, now you've got five. The anxiety of having to slow down and the fear of if, if I move too fast, am I going to fall? If I go down these steps, am I going to trip? The anxiety of a broken hip, the anxiety of trying to trying to get through this senior season of your life without something major happening to you. I, you don't have to tell me that. No one wrote me a letter and told me I'm dealing with this anxiety. I know you're dealing with it. But the Bible says with long life. And I can't let go of what David is saying and what God is saying to David that with long life, he will satisfy us. And it hit me this and the Lord just laid this on my heart on Monday. He says, tell the people, tell the senior adults, tell the grandparents that God is moving you from a season of needed healing to a season of divine health. And, and, and I just believe that, and I want to speak that. I, I can't go to your house. I can't help you. I can't prepare medication for you. That's not my job. But my job is to speak the word of God over you. Because here's the thing, the difference between healing and health. Healing is responding to the crisis. Health is speaking to your future. And if we're always dealing with the crisis of healing that we need, we become so focused, and I understand I'm not being insensitive to the pain. I'm not being insensitive to, to what maybe you're physically going through. I'm not trying to do that. But there has to be this place to where healing is not all my focus. And I begin to speak health over my future. Because it doesn't matter if I'm 60 or 70 or 80 or 90 or 100 like Sister Cooksey. I still have the ability to declare health over my future. The benefit of health. Because divine health means that you are consistently, listen, passionately and fervently resisting every physical attack that the enemy throws at you. That's what unlocking divine health means it means i'm not fighting the physical body i'm fighting the spiritual enemy to know that i don't have to deal with what the enemy is throwing at me that even though i don't have to listen it don't matter my age you don't have to use age as an excuse well this is what you go through when you're 68 tell that to sister cooksey when she was alive she made her mind up that I'm not going to live in a place of just hoping and just rolling the dice and maybe God will keep me around a long time. But I know Sister Cooksey and, and Miss Carlene knows Sister Cooksey because she would go visit her all the time. She had a way, she had a faith about her to where she could speak into the future of her health instead of just responding to the crisis of a healing that she needed. Because divine health attacks the pain in our bodies. Divine, the divine healing attacks the pain in our body. Divine health attacks the enemy concerning our bodies. 
Then David says this. Psalms 103, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not his benefits. He gives us these benefits. He says, the benefits are this, one who forgives your sins. One who forgives your sins. But there's another benefit. The other benefit is that the one who heals your diseases is that you don't have to walk around in just forgiveness. We have the ability that we can walk in freedom with health and knowing that God wants to give us divine health for our future. I have to believe the word. You have to believe the word that it's true and that God wants to give us the benefit of good health. Because what happens is, is you can bless the Lord but miss the benefits. And when we feel breakdown in our bodies, the first thing that goes is forgetfulness. I'm not saying forgetfulness like where did I leave my readers. I mean the forgetfulness of the right of benefits for good health. The best medicine. And I know this is a different grandparent day thing. And I struggled because I could have talked about Lois and Eunice, Timothy's grandmother and mom. I I could do all that. But I want to just prop you up because I love you so much. And I see you and I hear the prayer request. And I know you're going through some things. And I know that that it's a struggle at times. And I know that you're feeling some some pain and the, the doctors are saying this. I know all that. And it gets heavy. It gets heavy even as a pastor to carry. And I said, God, what can I do to help those that are dealing with sickness in their body? And he says, begin to tell them to take the focus off of the sickness and to begin to put their focus on the health that I desire for them. I ain't going to get through this sermon today. Because we forget the benefits. Because there is a premium that has been paid. There's a premium that has been paid that Jesus gave his, 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 his life on the cross for us. That is a premium that is connected to the benefits that we can walk in health. The Bible says that he took stripes on his back so we can say and we can declare healing. It's connected to the cross. Health, our health is connected to the cross where the premium has been paid. You don't even have to pay the deductible. Because as people of God, we cannot have more confidence in our insurance benefits more than we do our assurance benefits. Yeah. Because sometimes, you know, we got insurance at the office and our staff has insurance. Thank you that we can be, be, give them benefits. And I'm thankful that we can do that. But I don't want us to be ever focused on the insurance But there is an assurance that God wants to give us that, listen, we can walk in divine health in our life. Somebody say, I want to be stronger, longer. I want to be. Look at your neighbor and say, I want to be stronger, longer. So I'm going to let you go in a moment. Three benefits really quick is this. You need to know this. The same grace that forgives is the same grace that heals. The same price that was paid for forgiveness is the same price that was paid that we can walk in health in our life. 
And it's easy for us to accept forgiveness. It's easy for us. We can just, just settle in our mind. Oh, I messed up. I'm forgiven. Oh, I'm good. Because we can go through. But the minute that we face something in our bodies, it's harder for us to embrace the free gift of healing. And I ask myself, and I don't even have all the answers, because I'll be honest with you, I'm working this subject out. This, so this ain't going to be a completed thing. We're probably going to revisit this. But I, I believe that, that we are saved by grace through faith. How many people believe that? Saved by grace through faith. So we go through the door with faith. Say, like, I know I'm saved by grace. I'm forgiven, and I can easily walk through the door by faith. I was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now we can, we'll, we'll go through the door like this. I messed up. Oh, it's all good. I'm through the door. Faith gets me through the door. I know that whatever I do, that I have an advocate with the Father, that he's going to forgive me of all my sins. Pastor Petrie preached, preached it great last week, and I'm not even going to try to add to it. But it's funny when we have sickness in our body, that the same grace, we have a difficult time accepting the grace, but we also have more of a difficult time embracing the faith to get through the door. And I'm just going to be transparent. I don't really know why. I don't know why it's easy for us just to do this with, with, with sin and forgiveness. But we get stuck at the door in our sickness. I don't have the answers. I don't have the full answers. I'm going to find the answers. Because there's something to this. Because I'm tired of hearing about how some people in a third world country is getting healed. And I'm praying just as diligently for it to happen in this place. So there's something that God is unpacking. But here's the thing. We have to pray, God, let me embrace the same grace that forgives me is the same grace that heals me. That I can go through the door with confidence knowing that I'm going to walk in divine health in my life. Isaiah says that he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of peace was on him, and by his stripes we are healed. There's many times, I won't get into it, there's many times where there is a connection between forgiveness of sins and healing. It runs along side of each other. They dropped a man from the roof with Jesus to be healed by Jesus. It drop him down and the and they and when they brought brought him up to him they made this big scene dropping this paralyzed man down and 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 Jesus says your sins are forgiven I'd be like Jesus he ain't even here for that there's a connection I don't know what the connection fully is but I'm gonna find it out and we're gonna find out but I do know this that the grace the grace that is available for us to forgive us is the grace that is available for us to heal us here's the second thing Stop speaking to your sick story. Stop speaking about your sick story. I'll tell you this real quick. I got COVID in June of 2020. I mean, I only knew one other person that had COVID before I got it. It was still so new. 
It was still so, like, no one really knew. I didn't even tell y'all because I thought y'all probably thought I was like, you know, going, you know, something's going to happen. Or, you know, I didn't even want to tell anybody. But I wanted to. I, I had to go do a testing downtown at American Airlines in the parking garage. Everybody's wearing hazmat suits. They didn't swab my nose. I had to swab my own nose. They, they, they pushed, they wouldn't let me out of the car. They pushed a hospital tray up to the window and they do this. They push the window and said, leave your window up. Leave your window up with their hazmat suit on. Leave your window up. No, no. And they backed way off and they go, now, roll down your window, grab the swab. Okay, roll it up, roll it up. I mean, they're freaking out. That's scary. I felt like it was the end of the world. And I'm, I'm like, and I was like, man, this is a crazy story. I didn't tell anybody, but I wanted to. Let's be honest. Don't we like a really good COVID story? Don't we like a really good, here's what the doctor said about me story? And I, I found this about me, about me. I kind of like if there's something that's going on in my body, I kind of like to talk about it. And I don't know why I do. Maybe I just like, oh, really? Oh, my God, really? You had COVID? Oh, my gosh, are you okay? It's like something in my flesh likes the attention of my sick story. I'm just trying to figure this out. But I believe that if for us to unlock the benefits the health benefits, we have to fall out of love with our sick story. How you feeling? I'm good. Well, you don't look good. I don't care what you think I look like. I'm good. I'm good. What the doctors say? It don't matter. It don't matter. It don't even matter. I'm good. And here's the thing. What happens is if we get so caught up in our sick story, when I tell Linda my sick story, Linda is going to say, hey, pray for Pastor Kelly. She's going to go over to Lucretia and say, pray for Pastor Kelly because he's got COVID. And then Lucretia is going to say, he got COVID. And then Lucretia is going to tell Lawrence that he's got COVID. And, and Lawrence is going to be like, he's in the hospital? And, he's, and then Lawrence is going to tell Kirby. And Kirby's like, he's on life support. And then it's going to get on and on and on. Then it's going to leave Pastor Kelly's own hospice. We like to share the pain of our story. But it opens up the door for the enemy to have a heyday. And God's like, yo, 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 I'm trying to get you to walk in divine health. But you still, you just want to just talk about the sick story just so you can get people to pray for your healing. God's like, listen, I'm good to heal. But I'm better to get you to walk in divine health in your life. I don't know if it's helping nobody today. I don't know. I just felt it all week that I want to prop some faith up in some of our senior adults and our grandparents today. Maybe it's for anybody. So we have to fall out of love with our sick story. And here's the last one. Now I'm not going to hang with this one long. Give God something to work with. The Bible says, 1 Corinthians do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit 
whom you have from God. He said, listen, God gave you the body. He says, you are not your own. Here's the thing. God gave you the body. We can't put all the responsibility on him to take care of it. Somebody said, ouch. We have to do our part. I believe if the Bible was written today, it would say a lot more about what we put into our body. I, the Bible, you know, the Bible says, you know, that, that bodily exercise profits little. And there's a lot of things that we can hide behind spiritually. Like, ah, uh, it don't matter. The Bible says, well, that was written when they didn't have McDonald's. They didn't have pizza. I feel sorry for them they didn't have pizza, but they didn't have pizza. They didn't have all of this stuff that we're putting in our body that's making it difficult for God to prop up our temple. So give them something to work with. Just give them something to work with. I ain't, I ain't guilting nobody. I had some tacos yesterday. And I, I bought, yeah, Lucretia was there. They had a grand opening at a restaurant. Gilbert and Lisa's daughters opened up a restaurant in Mesquite. Taco City, Imas. Go check it out. That's a free promotion for them. Incredible. They have these tacos. It was three gigantic ones. And, and I ate them at 2 o'clock. And at 9 p.m. last night, I was, at, I was wishing I hadn't eaten them. I was feeling them all day. So I, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not looking down on anybody. I'm just saying, let's give God something to work with. Do what you can do so you can walk in divine health. Do your part so you can walk in divine health. So we can, so we can look at Sister Cooksey and go, I want to be like her. Do your part. Don't rely on genetics to try to fix this for you. Well, my dad lived to be this old. My mom lived to be this old. I'm good. Let's go get some pizza. Nah, don't do that. Let's do our part so God will help us.